Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, June 22, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Another pretty decent up day. Let's take a look at the daily chart and let's expand the analysis a little bit just to add in a couple of other things that we don't discuss all the time as it relates to the daily chart. First thing to note, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until what? Until she dumps you. Now the question becomes, are they going to make new highs? And here's what we're going to say. We're going to go back to the lows made in early 2020. And let's just take a look at the chart from this particular perspective. There's multiple ways to look at the same chart. That's what makes a market. Two people, three people, five people can look at the same chart, and they can each come up with different answers or give you a different opinion about what it looks like or what it's doing. So this is one way to look at this daily chart. So we'll scroll back all the way to March of 2020. Okay, and there we go. Here's the low of March 23rd, 2020. And here's the point that I want to make. You come off the lows and you make a pivot low or have a pullback, make a pivot and go up again. This is pretty much the theme, but there's a method to the madness. We're thinking in terms of trend. So you go up and you pull back. And that's normal garden variety market behavior. Now think about this for a second. Each and every time, with very little exception, You make higher lows. Even when you make a lower low, what happens is they tend to close not below the former low, but above the former low. And this goes on and on and on. So you see what happens with the trend. Now, you have a real pullback, and this occurred in September of 2020. A reversal day, and then you have some lower lows. They come back to a former breakout area, and they go up again. Fair enough. Now they resume again, and here, you see they make a higher low, and then they resume the uptrend, and you'll see here again, they continue to make higher lows. Here, we have a pullback. They go up again. Pullback, higher low. Pullback, higher low. That's been the theme. They come up, pullback, higher low, higher low. Here, we just made, on Friday, a higher low. So the point that I want you to have in your mind is there's no change in from what the market has been doing. The theme remains the same. So if you just looked at this objectively and said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do anything until the theme change, until the character changes of the market. As long as they continue to make higher lows, I'm going to go with the duck And the duck would be, based on higher lows, they're going to continue to make higher highs. Now, we're going to play umpire calling balls and strikes, so there is another side. However, from a logical perspective, from a here's what the market is doing today, it's fact-based. It's not based on an indicator from Joe's Indicator Shop. It's not based on subjectivity. It's based on objectivity. Higher lows, the trend is up, period, end of story, or full stop. The other side. We're not going to make a big deal out of this, but I'm going to throw it out there because it is what it is. We're again finding ourselves in a zone. 
I'm not here to call a top. I'm not doing that again. The trend is up, and the trend will be up until the trend changes. But what I am saying is we should be on the lookout for a market that begins to reverse on a shorter time frame, morphs onto other time frames, and begins to show a reversal type situation on the daily chart or beyond. We don't have that today. What I want you to do is be aware of that. We're calling it an awareness. Maybe it happens tomorrow. Maybe it happens next Thursday. We don't know. We're not specifying a day, a week, or anything else. We're just saying we're on heightened alert. We're about to close out the second quarter of the year. We're halfway home. It's a natural break. We're on heightened alert. We're going to look at some other time frames as it relates to the S&P and, of course, other charts, but we're going to do it using inside the numbers as a tool. Why is that? Because we're going to be able to learn something. You can always take away something from the market. A good trade, a bad trade, a scratch trade, whatever it is, we can always take away a learning opportunity from every action or reaction that we have or take in the market. So let's go through inside the numbers and you'll see clearly what I'm talking about. It's turnaround Tuesday. They pushed higher overnight. Should do it again during the day. They did that. Let's see what else we have in the early thoughts. Not a lot of rhetoric needed this morning, just the numbers. 421.97 is the gap that is going to be filled. We've been talking about that number for a while. It was going to be filled. It was filled. We're calling the spot around 422 give or take. Not only is there a gap, but a convergence of moving averages on the hourly chart that should create another layer of overhead resistance. Opening above that spot would signal uber bullishness under normal garden variety conditions. They didn't do that, but that's an awareness. You need to know that in the pre-market. Again, it's the pre-game warm-up routine. 420, give or take, should still represent support during an early morning shakeout operation. Just to begin the visualization process, here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Here you'll see the low of day at 10.05, or within the 10.05 candle, was 4.20.08. 4.20 was that area of would-be, should-be support. We're always in a give-or-take scenario. It's a big, fat, round number, so that worked out early in the morning. Let's see what else we have as the day begins to get underway. We had a quiet open, so nothing happened right off the bat. But what we do know is they're in the same eating time off the clock pattern from yesterday afternoon. Little back and forth in a quiet tape, that's it. So they really picked up where they left off. They were eating time off the clock, building energy for another move higher. 9.42, and we'll circle back to stocks on the move, but this one's kind of cute, so I'm going to read it. LVS didn't do it, but Wynn did. They're both casino stocks. Can't beat one house, we'll get the one down the block. Wynn gave about a buck, and that's good for me for the base hit. They don't have to be done, and traders waiting for more can do so. I need extra eyes, meaning I don't want to sit and watch it. I'm happy with the profit and move on. And just so everybody inside the numbers is clear, I really try and take all the trades that I can. However, Obviously, I'm doing a lot of other stuff as this stuff is going on. So here's what I'll tell you. I take as many as they can. I took the win trade today, and I was out kind of early, 
but I want to watch the other stuff, but I want to take the trades. Hopefully you can relate to that. I'm no different than anybody else. If I think a trade is going to work, I want to be in the trade. But here's the other side of that that I'm completely aware of. I've taken losses on these trades that have been winning trades, but if I'm not looking and something happens, in a couple of minutes we all know things can change on a dime, and sometimes I'm not able or just don't see it, don't get out in time, I end up taking a loss when everybody else had a nice win. That doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen, and it's as a result of the fact that I'm doing a lot of stuff, which is also the same reason why a lot of times I'll get out a little early because I just want to move on. But I want to take the trade, and I want to be able to say I took the trade. Just a little sidebar. Now we'll move on again to the commentary. Just a note that we're potentially waiting on the Fed. We have a little bit of kabuki theater today. We had Jerome Powell testifying in front of, I think it was the Senate Banking Committee. I'm not exactly sure. It doesn't really matter. He was in front of Congress. It was what we call in the trading parlance a dog and pony show. We had kind of a range. 422 was resistance and 420 down to 419.80 is the support in that zone. Current low, 420.08. Staying above 420 keeps them in pretty good shape. Now here's where you need to start paying attention. We'll scroll up a little more. Are they going to fill the gap now? Wait or leave it alone? We don't know, but the door is open to do it now. That was at 10.08. Get our faculties one more time with the visual. 421.97 is the gap. Here it is on a 15-minute chart. You can see more of the chart, more of the data. Here's the gap over here where my cursor is. Right of the vertical is today's activity, and they ran up and filled the gap, and here's 11 o'clock, and then right after 11 o'clock is when they did it. So it basically took about an hour from when I said the door is open. Now, from a trading perspective, here was the issue. The stop had to be below 419.80 to do it correctly or against the low of day at the time, which was roughly 420. That's fine. Trader's choice if they want to be long looking for the gap. They ran a test and got out of there pretty quick. And we know that when those things happen, that's generally speaking a bullish sign. If they do it at a gap and they miss the gap, we have a pretty good idea they're going to come back later, but we still take it from a short-term perspective as bullish. That's usually good for some additional upside. I don't trust it enough to take the trade, but those are my thoughts. And here's the point. There was certainly enough meat left on the bone to make it a good trade. That wasn't the issue. The issue is I have a fundamental problem with buying breakouts, buying high and selling higher. I do it from time to time. I certainly can see what's going on. I know where the stop is. I don't love to do it, but I'm putting it out there. But I thought it was the right thing to do to say, I'm not taking the trade. I don't trust it. Here's the reason why. But that doesn't mean you can't take the trade. Now, I know it would have kept some people away from the trade, the fact that I didn't take it. But however, you could also see something different happening. The Fed chairman was on the docket. We could have had an early release of notes from the meeting that was he was going to talk about. They could have all of a sudden reversed the market on a dime without ever hitting the gap. We don't project things, we don't guess, but with the Fed on the docket, I didn't trust it. Fair enough, that's what makes a market. You don't have to take every trade. If I'm not committed to the trade, I really don't want the trade because if it goes bad, I'm going to start kicking myself and saying, see, 
I told you so, alter ego. I shouldn't have taken the trade. We all know how that works. Let's move along, see what else we've got. We've got more to learn, trust me. It was quiet, we're moving along. Here's a lengthy one. Let's go into this post at 1037. This is where we're going to learn stuff. We're going to go back to the charts in a moment, but let me go through this with you. Get out your sticky note and your pencil. This is inside my head at the time, around 1030. Let's say they get to and fill the gap. Now remember, they filled the gap at about 11 o'clock, so this is maybe halfway home. If they're up there, they'll also be spiking through a convergence of moving averages on the hourly chart and another one on the 120-minute chart and yet another one on the 15-minute chart. Also, the hourly chart is on time. Traders that have taken the course, lazy e-mini trader, will understand what that means. Here's the umpire calling. It's the worst time of day to take a short trade on the market, but the ingredients are there for at least a pullback of 422, give or take, if reached. It's pretty close to a full stack, and one of those trades you take 100% of the time with the full and complete knowledge that some just won't work so Trick and Company can keep us honest and humble to the market master. If they get there without eating too much time off the clock, I'm taking a crack at a short up there around 422. Where would the stop be? It would have to be with candle closes above 423.02. I'm going to show you all this in a moment. That's my story. All right, let's go through this. Here's an hourly chart. The line at 421.97 is the gap. These moving averages were slightly at a higher price earlier in the day. Remember, this is an hourly chart. They're moving. So think about the fact that these moving averages were around the same price, maybe slightly below the gap. Here's a 15-minute chart, and you can see the 200-period moving average. Now, at 421.86 on close today, think about it earlier in the day, it was basically also at the gap. Here's a 120-minute chart, and you can see the 50-period moving average was where? At the gap. Here's a 240-minute chart. I didn't even mention this one in the notes. 20-period moving average, where was it? At the gap. Again, 60-minute chart, back to the lazy e-mini trader course, on time, into the gap, into all those moving averages. This is what we call a full stack. I don't even need as many of the things that we had in order to take the trade. This is one of those trades you look at and you say, I have to take the trade 110% of the time. I've been in this business a long time. It's the risk business. Nothing is correct 100% of the time. You have to have the full and complete understanding that's the case. Even when we have a full stack, no matter what the vehicle is, no matter which charts we're looking at, no matter what day of the week it is, it doesn't matter. They're never all going to work out 100% of the time. However, in order to achieve the type of results like 8 out of 10 trades, 85% of the trades work out, 83% of the trades work out. In order to achieve numbers like that, you have to be willing to take the same trade with the same setup 100% of the time in order for the averages, the law of averages, to work out. If you cherry pick situations like that, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, your results will drop dramatically. And then a trader would say, well, what happens if I cherry pick only the right ones? And I would say, that's not going to happen. You're into a guessing game at that point, 
And in a guessing game, your best option is to be as good as a coin toss. Okay, let's move on a little bit and see what else we have because we have more. They did the thing and reached 422 as prescribed. So there were two things going on. Number one is they were going to get there. So there were traders that rode the market up north and exited before the gap. Remember, we talked about that before and we have something for everybody. You don't like short trades? How about long trades? You don't want a long trade? How about a short trade? Sometimes they're both not going to work out, but we have something for everybody. The stop will be an hourly close above 423.02. By the way, let me show you why. Very simple. I was taking the gap, the same candle, taking the high, 423.02 is a pivot high, and I'm saying if they're going to fill the gap and close an hour above the same candle, the trade has to be wrong. You've got to get out. That's the most risk I was willing to take. The market is slow, and as mentioned before, it's the worst time of day for a short trade over lunch. Trader's choice. If they pull back, take profit along the way. Target would be back to pay a visit to 42130. Well, they didn't do that. We know that. Don't look for it to work out right away. Okay, let's see what else we have. The short trade update. They closed the hour above the moving averages and above the gap. That's bullish. 1142. That's bullish. Pay attention. And when I say pay attention, I'm talking to the traders that didn't really read that. They might have read it, but it didn't sink in. Traders that are uncomfortable with the trade can scratch out for about a push. What am I doing? I'm changing the stop and will get out if they close 10 and 15 minute candles above 422.63. What was that all about? Here's a 15 minute chart. I'll show you what I did. Here's the gap, the top line, 421.97. They spiked through, and they got above, and they closed above. So here's what they did. They made a high of 422.63 and began to pull back. So I'm saying if they pull back, and on a short-term basis, the recocking of the weapon thing, then I don't really want it if they're trading above the high they just made. It's a way to reduce the number from the other number, which was 423.02. At this point, you're kind of thinking in terms of damage control. Pay attention to this one. When the facts change, even slightly, you have to be willing to change your opinion in real time if required. Food for thought when treating it as a business. If you read between the lines, here's what I'm saying. What I'm really saying is, I don't think that this trade is working out. In fact, I know this trade is not working out the way it was intended. So here is where I'm shifting a little bit. I'm giving it some rope, could work out, but I'm aware of the fact it's not working out. Let's move along, see what else I've got. By the way, this works the same as it always does, whether you're in a trade or not. The gap at 421.97 is now support, unless it's broken and they start closing candles below, which would be a recapture. See how things changed. Scroll up a little bit, stuck in the same spot, eating time off the clock above the previous resistance, which made it what? Support. How do we know that? They've already run a test of the gap and made a low of 421.98 against the gap that was 421.97. We'll magnify it a little bit back to a five-minute chart. 421.97, that's the gap. They went above the gap. They're pulling back. What'd they do? They ran a test of the gap, which is now support. 
The low was 421.98. The gap was one penny below. It's kind of one of those things where, hey, knock, knock, who's there? Writing on the wall. Writing on the wall who? You can fill in the rest. No accidents or coincidences in the market. It's bullish and they're building energy for another leg higher. There is no short trade on the table at present. Move along, see what else we've got. Another stock on the move hit. We'll get back to those later. No change in the SPY. The trend is your friend. You can read this for yourself, pause the video, and go back to the charts to double check the work. Think about this for a second from this standpoint. You go back to the notes and strip away all the rhetoric. Here's what happened. We're going to take a market that's continuing what it did yesterday, which was what? Building energy for another move higher. To where? The gap. Gave an opportunity for traders to say, hey, I think that's right. I'm going to ride it up to the gap. Okay, fair enough. Now you get to the gap and you say, all this stuff that equaled the full stack looked like a pretty darn good short opportunity. Didn't have to be married to the trade, but it should have pulled back maybe 10, 12, 15 S&P handles off that gap. Maybe more, maybe less, but that's kind of what I had in my mind. Okay, that trade didn't work, but then what did they do? They got above the gap and they did it again. They started eating time off the clock, telling you what? Telling you they're building energy to move higher. Could you have hopped on board for another move higher using the gap, which was only really pennies away at the time or all afternoon, as a stop out or as support? And the answer was, yes, you could have. And therefore, you had a long trade in the morning, a try at a short trade, and a scratch to a minimal loss if you went by what I did, and then you had another trade in the afternoon to make up for the scratch. Now, I'm not saying everybody did that. I know that. I'm just saying. Now, stocks on the move. We had a nice little list today, but only two hit their price objective or entry target, and that's typical when you're getting these floater markets. Stuff isn't able to get down into support. It needs help from the overall tape. You've seen it before. You get a down morning, and all of a sudden, we have five, six, seven trades hitting. Doesn't happen every day, but it does happen. In this case, we're going to look at win, TCOM, and we'll also look at LVS. There's always a method to the madness. We'll start with LVS, and 53.43 was the number, and you can see the low of day was 53.45, Missed it by two pennies. Now, again, there's a method to the madness. Win hit, but this one didn't. They're really the same businesses. They were trading together at the time, but that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. With LVS, specifically on LVS today, this was an experiment. I wanted to see how many orders might be sitting out there waiting above the number to cause the stock to bounce in front of the number. Doesn't happen all the time, but I was curious. So today, it was actually the wrong number. Didn't matter, it wasn't gonna harm the trade. The trade was still good. The number was just off by a little bit, and I wanted to see what happened, and regardless of where I put the number, still missed by two pennies. It was interesting, tells me something, I'll make the necessary adjustments. How about win? Now this one did hit its objective, and therefore, getting a buzz cut at the open, 124.69 was the number on the board, the secondary number was not hit, it was lower. They did a double dip at the number. They gave you the trade, obviously, more than once. They first gave you the trade right at the number. They bounced away. Minutes later, they're at a high of 125.76. So they're doing the deal. They gave you a buck that was good enough for me. They do the double dip, and then look what happens. They take off 
127.50 or so was high of day. That's a nice trade. And when you look at it from an hourly chart perspective, you can say it just took a little longer to turn. They hung around down there for 90 minutes. That's basically what happened. You don't know that's going to happen. You don't know they won't continue to the second number. When they do the double dip, it doesn't give us, the way we do it, an opportunity to hold on, at least not by the way I teach. But nevertheless, the point is the numbers work. Here's another little tidbit. Get out your little light bulb switch, because I think a light bulb is going to go on for some of you. Go back to the discussion about higher lows from the daily chart of the SPY. Now look at today's activity on a 15-minute chart of Win Resorts. What do we have? A series of higher lows. So think about this for a second, and you can take this upon yourself to do. Let's say you have a support area for a stock, and you see that it was correct. For example, Win today. Now the stock starts to rally. Is there a way that you can ride a higher low scenario for a trade during the day in a bullish tape where things are pulling back, going higher, pulling back, going higher. Maybe this is or is not the perfect example, but the concept is the same. All charts act and react the same way. The other one that hit its price objective was trip.com. 36.02 was the number posted on the board bright and early, and you can see what happened. They come into the number, they turn around, they go back in the other direction, making a high of day 36.77, far exceeding the base hit required opportunity. The numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Interesting. They did get above the 20 period moving average. They're close to it, on it. It's close enough to say they got above, but what they're not doing is they're not like the SPY pushing on the former highs. The SPY isn't at the former highs yet, but they're certainly closer than the IWM is. Whatever you want to call it, this is a divergence from a market that is my favorite market leading indicator. And I'm not talking about just from here. I'm talking about when you go to a longer term chart and you say the weekly chart, look where they made a high. All the way back here in March, Regardless of what happens over the next several days, the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, whatever it is, at present, this is telling you that it's not confirming the new highs that were already made in the SPY. That's another soapbox. I know I've had a series of soapboxes tonight, so be it. Monthly chart, you can see how far away they are from home base. Obviously, they can get farther. They're already farther than anybody would have thought they would get from home base. However, what we do know is that at some point, they're going to want to retreat back toward home base. This is a monthly chart. That means that this could take an extended period of time. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Up 33 points today, almost one quarter of 1%, about half the distance that the SPY ran. Equidistant in percentage terms to the IWM, so we're not gonna make a federal case out of this. We're just gonna say they were up a little bit and the chart is in the same position it was yesterday. Basically, the 20-week moving average is holding for now. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Here's where we have another divergence. All of a sudden, we've got tech making new highs. No problems here. What do we do with that? We move it along. They're in no man's land. Again, playing umpire calling balls and strikes, you have to look at this for what it is. When you look at the weekly chart, you can say 
they continuously bounce off of and really aren't getting too far away from its 20-week moving average, meaning the Qs. Right now, they're a little high. They've gotten about the same distance before, but they're not really extended from home base. This is, by definition, an uptrend, the XLF. There's been a little damage inflicted in the XLF last Friday. Now, all of a sudden, well, I should say Thursday and Friday. This was Thursday's candle. This is Friday. This was Monday. And this is today. And what are they doing now? We can't help but notice the first thing that jumps off the page is what? It's the forming of a bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of thing going on here. Now, we don't know what the result's going to be. But what happens if they do this right into the moving averages? Does that mean that they're going to come this way? It doesn't mean that. But what it does is it opens the door for that. So let's just say markets rally a little bit, and all of a sudden we see the XLF rallying a little bit. Are they rallying just to formulate the bearish, wedgish kind of pattern? Potentially. It's an awareness. It's a puzzle piece. We've got to have it on the table. We need to be looking at that just in case. Smash Mouth, eh, up a little bit more than the SPY today in percentage terms. Nothing we can really make out of that. So they rallied into the 20-period moving average and stopped. Here's what I'm going to say. They've already been back and through the 20-period moving average. It's not a big-time moving average that's going to stop, reject, catapult price to new highs. It's nothing like that. If they get above it, then they'll be above all the moving averages and we'll say the trend is your friend until she dumps you. That's it. It's as simple as that. We don't have any significant volume. There's no institutional participation. Today was just an up day. Nothing more, nothing less. We don't need to overanalyze it. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.